Welcome to Keeping It Real's podcast, where we believe in real hope, real love, and a real God. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. What I would be preaching today, I may know that the way God adds even builds a church. He adds to the body as he sees fit. And so the way I look at it, and just if I, and I'm just spec, not speculating, but I'm looking from the outside and, and the inside, and, 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 you know, I said how God puts it all together, he, he he, there's a certain direction he's taken this church, and you're part of it, and it's good to flow with that, to open up and see what, what God is actually trying to do in your life. It, you know, where do you fit in, and, and uh, what's, what's important? We are a discipleship church. If you wonder what kind of church is this, what are we doing, what are, what are, we, what are we up to, the direction that we're going in. It's about discipleship, you know, a disciplined learner. We are walking in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm, when, I, when I'm preaching, I, every one of my messages is along a discipleship line, you know, meat and potatoes, you know, to help us live for God and, and to stay on track, you know, 10, 15 years from now, 100 years, or whenever we, you know, Jesus comes back or, you know, we, go, we, we, we were disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. We weren't playing church wasn't playing religion. It wasn't just this clique or this club that we're part of, you know, but, you know, my mindset and attitude, you know, the kingdom of God is, is an army. It's, it's militant. The, the mission that we have is so serious because we're trying to populate heaven. We want people to get saved. We want, you know, we understand eternity, that there's a real heaven and a real hell. People make choices and they go wherever, they go, wherever their choice is. We have a responsibility as, a, as I believe every church, if you're going to call yourself a church, the responsibility would be to preach the gospel, to reach as many souls as possible. You know, people are hungry. We live in Los Angeles County and people are desperate and they're searching and they're hungry and they're lost and they're confused. We got more money and more prosperity and more food and more of anything and everything than everybody else on the planet. And yet people are still miserable. You know, because these things don't satisfy, you know, the, the soul, you know what I mean? The, 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 our spirit, man, is, is lean. We're fat everywhere else, but our, but our spirit, you know, is dried up and shriveled up. And that's the, 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 the community that we live in, the city that we live in, the county. And we have a mission. God has laid this mission on us. He's touched our lives. He's forgiven us of our sins. He's made himself real to us. He, you know, like I said, and then he says, now nah, I want you to reach others. There's other people that need to see you and hear you. There's people that need to know me, saith God. And the reason that that would happen is because of you. God would use you. He would use us. He would use the church. Anything less than this, uh, according to the word of God, I got a problem with that. Anything less. You know, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we could get rich, as if that's the ultimate. No, he died on the cross to forgive us of our sins, you know, so that we would have fellowship with God the Father. You know, this is, that's what this is all about, you know. It's not, a, you know, the church is not entertainment. It's not about bling. It's not about the biggest lights and cameras and action and being on TV and doing, you know, like I said, and, and all that stuff is good, but that's not the, the anointing. That's not the proof of the validation that, that, you, that people are right, that church is right or we're right. It's not it. A lot of, you know, as far as the time in, that we live in, I said, if you, 
or if we are living for God and doing what we're supposed to be, it's not really appealing to a lot of people. Holiness and purity and righteousness, that's not something that people are into. And yet this is the thing that we are challenged. This is, you know, this is the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. And so today, like I said, I like to say it like I said last Sunday and the Sunday before that, the hardest thing that you and I will ever do in life will be to live for God as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the hardest thing. Can we, can we just accept that fact? Like right now, you know, the hardest thing that we will ever do will be to live for Christ as a disciple, which I don't, you know, the Bible doesn't make a distinction between Christians and disciples. You know, the Bible talked about everybody being a disciple. You know, like if you're, we're, we're following in the footsteps of the Lord, you know, take up your cross and follow me, denying yourself. Jesus said these things, and, and yet we live in a time when it's like people, you know, like say, oh, yes, I'm a Christian, and I'm not arguing about somebody's faith, but nonetheless, oh, everybody's a Christian because they believe in Christ, but there's a different aspect to that. If we're living for God, if we're living for Jesus, then we are living for him. It is evident. It affects our lifestyle, what we do, what we don't do, the words that we speak, how we act, how we roll, how we go. It does make a difference. And it makes a difference because, I tell you something, you make a stand for God in any area of life, and there's always resistance. Always resistance. And this is why I said it, the hardest thing that you'll ever do will be to live for God as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will be hard because we're making a decision, we're making a choice, we're going against the grain, the, the, the natural flow of life and the world, we're going against that in our decisions, in our choices when it comes to living for God. And so don't, it's not like it's an easy thing and as long as I've been living for God, it hasn't gotten any easier. You know, it doesn't get any easier. I still got to make choices. I still got to make decisions. I still got to be faithful. I still got to be committed. I still live for God. It's the hardest thing that we'll ever do is in a decision, in a choice when it comes down to serving God. And so that's going to, it's going to require a price. It will require choices over and over again. There will always be temptations. There will always be, uh, you know, it's always pressures from all different angles of life to make us back off, to give in, to yield. Don't be so committed. Don't be so sold out. It's always like that. The second thing that, that I said, I've talked about in the last few weeks is the har next hardest thing that we'll ever do will be to enter into what God has for our life, our purpose and our destiny. It's like, dude, it's hard to forget. Then, then our destiny, our purpose, uh, the vision, the dream, uh, you know, what our hearts are stirred about, the way we want to go, the life that we want to live for God and in God, for the glory of God, it's going to be hard. And one of the problems with Christians, and when I, I hate to say it, you know, one, one of the things with others is it, I think we've been seduced lied to and our flesh is complicit in that seduction being that if it here it is if it's hard then it's not God it's easy to have that mindset because we we contended and we pressed in and we pushed and and yet it was hard but if it was God then it would have happened the door would have opened God would have made the way and you know I said but since it's not happening then it must not be God 
And that's one of the biggest deceptions that we could fall into because I've been pastoring for a long time, and guess what? It's been hard for a long time, and I haven't seen everything that I would like to see, but nonetheless, I know that God is with me. God is for me. I know about the anointing. I know God being with us. Uh, he's involved in our ministry, and Emma would say, it's not easy. But nonetheless, we, could, we don't come to the conclusion that this is not God, at least if anybody in their right mind, you know what I mean? No, what we're involved in is good. And so each and every one of us, we have individual destinies and, and directions we want to go, whether it's a dream and a vision for family, for marriage, for, for business, for life, uh, education, whatever it is. And yet a lot of times we, we, we're on the right track, we're heading the right direction, but we, we encounter obstacles and mountains and valleys and giants and, and demons and dragons. And, and, and the, just because that we're experiencing opposition does not mean it's not God. One of the hardest things that you will ever do will be to enter in what God has for your life. And it takes determination. It takes persistence over and over again, trial and area, getting up and pushing in until you see what you want to see. Can you say amen? Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 16. Therefore, my beloved... As you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, I want you to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. And here the apostle Paul is talking to the, to, uh, to the Philippians, you know, and He's just laying down some, it's, it's like simple. He, like I said, you know, when, when Paul was writing these letters, he wasn't just sitting down and saying, oh, I'm writing the Bible, I'm writing scripture. No, he's writing from the heart. The spirit of God is moving on him and in him and leading him, but he's writing these things down. And for the purpose of encouraging and helping new believers, young believers, struggling believers, you know, he's writing to churches. When he's writing to the, to the Philippians, it's the church in Philippi. And so... They're going through a few things, and, and, and so he's writing, he's just simply, I, I like this thing, he's talking about working out your own salvation. Work it out. We know that salvation is a gift of God, it's by grace, we don't earn it, we don't deserve it, but the Bible's talking, of, you know, Paul's talking about working this thing out. It's like, it's like a football game. A football game, which has, you know, you got, you got 100 yards before you cross the goal, but, at, you know, like I said, the ball's in your hand, and there's going to be an exchange in that. It's going from one side to the other side, but nonetheless, down after down, play after play, you're, you know, people on the field, you're working towards a goal. You're trying to score. And so th this is the illustration, this is the way, best way I can explain it is, is he says, work out your own salvation. Work it towards its end. This gift, the grace, the anointing, everything that God has put in your life, the favor, man, every good thing in our life, uh, his divine enablement to live for him, him picking us and choosing us and making us part of this church. He says, 
work this to its end. This salvation thing, this forgiveness thing, this relationship with God. Don't just keep it and sit on it. Don't just don't just, you know, don't pay any attention to it. Work it through. Work it through. Are you with? Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Work it to its end. I like to think about our own personalities and our own lives, about you know who we are, and you know I think every, each and every person here is special and gifted, and God has something you know as a purpose for your life. But you have to work that through. Who are you? What are you up to? What's the direction that God wants you to do? You know, wants you to go, and, and you begin to work that through. You begin to develop that, you know, over and over again. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling because it's God who works in you. And what's the beautiful thing is that is, the scripture is telling us that God himself is working in each and every one of us. He is stirring us with dreams. He stirs us with a vision. He stirs us with hope and expectation and faith. He stirs us. It's like it's bubbling up within us. It's God working in us. You ask him to come into your life, and it's like he can't be contained. He's not content to just stay right where he, he wants it to explode. He literally wants our lives to explode, to multiply, to grow, to be fruitful, to enlarge, to make impact. He says it's God that's working in you, both to will and to do his His good pleasure. The Bible tells us very simply that God has an occupation. God has a job. He's not just doing nothing, sitting on a throne. You know, you, know, you see this, you know, people when they mock God, they, they get pretty creative, you know, and, but it's always when they show he's this old man with a beard, you know, a long flowing white beard, pot belly out, you know what I mean? And, and this is, you know, it's when they're mocking him. As if, you know, as if he is no one or doesn't have anything to do. But God does have a job. He's working. He's working constantly. And, 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 he's, you know, and he's not kicking back you know, while we're down here on earth. He, he's working on us. He's working in us. The job that he has taken upon himself uh, is, 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 consists, consists of him changing our lives, which is a lot of work. He's helping us come to right conclusions. He's working in every heart and mind, you know. It's the work of redemption. He's buying us back from sin. He, he's realigning, readjusting, refocusing us, getting us back to a place, man, where that, of his original design. The Holy Spirit is constantly working. God, God is always doing something in your life. He's, always, he's doing something in our church even when, and in our lives. Even when we don't sense it and, and we don't feel it, God is always at work. He has begun this work, the Bible says, from the moment that we got saved. The moment we asked Christ to come into our life, it happened. And that changed everything. And God hasn't stopped working in you. God hasn't given up on you. Even when you fail or do something stupid or blow it, man, God is still at work. He has the ability to take our mistakes and turn them around for his glory. Our you know, I've done, I don't know about you. Probably just me. I've done some stupid things in life. Mm. And to watch God get involved trips me out even my ignorance <laughs> even the blockhead stuff man god will get involved in you know and and just make it turn it around that's what, you know that's what you call grace 
That's really grace, man. And God enables us and helps us uh, to do things. And, and Philippians 1, 6, it says, Being, We are confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He doesn't quit. He's not finished. We quit. We give up. We throw in the towel. This is when we're talking. Reg's been preaching about resiliency, about resilience. I'm, I'm asking him, what, what gives you this thought? Why are you on this vein? And he's just talking about the whole revelation is that this is a different time that we're in. We are living in a time of quitters. That's the time that we're living in. When people are, are just so easily will quit a church, will quit a marriage, will quit a job, will quit friendships. You know what I mean? There's a, like a lack of backbone and integrity and resiliency where we're willing to hang in there. You know what I mean? And so this is, this is not a good thing, man. We, we're going to have to have some backbone. We're going to have to be, be resilient. We're going to have to be determined, be persistent, because God is working, and we need to work with him. Even during the blocky at times, we still need to do that. The results of this work, the purpose of it is to make us more like Christ. Man, that just trips me out, you know. I can remember as a pastor, as a, as a, you know, since 1981, I gave my life to Christ. And I, I, can, I can look back. I don't know. I, I'm, and man, when I'm fired up and filled with the Holy Ghost and I want to do stuff for God and man, and I'm marching, there was no stopping me. I can also remember doing some times like that, my attitude, the arrogance, the pride, the self-righteousness make you, when I think about, it's like I'm cringing. And yet God could use my life, work with me, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, okay, Reg, you, you know. But the work that God is doing in you and in me is to make us more like Jesus. More like him. He's trying to make us more like him. More in his love, more... And his kindness, his patience, his understanding, his long-suffering, the grace and the mercy shown towards other people. God's trying to help us. You know, he's trying to help us. He wants us to be just like him. It says that he, he says, who works in you both to will and his, his good pleasure. You know that God not only, not only just wants to work in us, he's not just trying to get us to do right. You know, when I, it's one thing I could... You know, it's one thing to have children, and in the beginning, your kids don't understand it. They don't get it to do right. They do right simply because mom and dad told them to do right, discipline them, train them to do right. But are we not waiting for a time when they understand and grasp doing right, not, not simply because we said it, but because they understand it. They get it. In the beginning, I'm not explaining anything. You guys heard me rant. I'm not even trying to explain to a three-year-old kid, you know, because I know he's not going to get it. I know that she, my daughter, is not going to get it. My grandson, I had him in the yard. You know, he, and he's, I'm telling him, he, there's a ladder. We got a 15, 12, 12 15-foot ladder in the backyard. And I watch him, and he's getting ready to climb up the ladder. And I go, no, no, 
And he looks at me and he looks at the ladder and he goes, no, and starts climbing the ladder. No. <laughs> now that, so I just, I just go on over there and try to help him learn how to, he is not going to stop on the ladder, you know. And I, you know, anyway, it's a good little story. But don't, do you not want, God wants us to more, he works in us both to will. He wants us to have a desire to do right. He wants us to be like Jesus. Jesus said, I always do the things that pleases my father. This is why my father hears me. You know, he, he, you know, he had a clue. He had a grip. He's, he's laying his life down. He's obeying. You know, the Bible says he steps out of heaven, comes in the form of a man, and, and becomes obedient even to the cross, you know? Even to the cross. And, and, and like I said, he, he, he was doing it because he wanted to. It was his father's will. It wasn't like he just had to. And he was, he, he was made to do this thing. And it's the same thing with us where God working with us. And like I said, if you ever want my, my philosophy about no rules, I'm not making up a bunch of rules, you know, to keep people in line. I'm hoping as a pastor that you would experience Christ like I experience him. That you would serve God if I just said as me as a pastor in a church, I'm hoping you will serve him like I'll serve him. I'm hoping that you will sacrifice like I'll sacrifice. I hope you'll be committed like I'm committed. I hope you'll be faithful. I hope you will give like I give. You will pray like I pray. You will, you will love people. You will help build the church, not because you have to, but because your heart is beating like God's heart is beating. He just offered me a position at this hospital. It scares me to death because, you know, the one position I have, I can come and go as I please. You know, the one company, this one is like, they want me to be there. They like me. They, could you stay here? They're nah, nah, you know, you know, we're going to post the, we're going to post it at 12 midnight. We're going to post your position at 12 midnight. You apply for it, and then at 7 in the morning, we'll take it offline. Just so they can say they stayed within the rules. They did post it, give everybody a chance. <laughs> it's funny to me. But the deal is, I won't have the freedom that I have. I won't be able to do what I do and what I like to do or fulfill my dreams of, of ministry and, 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 or, like I said, and going like I said, to conferences or going back to Kenya and preaching there and different places and like uh, you know I don't want that I'd rather just take the risk and I'd rather just make the sacrifice and the hope you do this stuff in hope of revival people's lives being touched and changed of God being able to use my life more effectively is there a risk? Yes, it is. But did not our Lord take risks? Didn't he take chances? Didn't he roll the dice? Wasn't he, like I said, God, I want to be faithful to what I'm doing, what I'm called to do. Oh, yeah, it produces greater satisfaction. Boy, nothing's brought more insecurity to my life than being committed to a company versus being committed to God. Ooh, that's weird. Mm -hmm. Even the money's, oh, no, no, no. He works in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. Being a Christian, it's not natural. You know, you ever meet naturally loving people? My, my, my wife is naturally loving. I'd say Viola, she's like the opposite of me. 
You know me, I had to learn to love people. I got to learn to like people. I got to learn to trust people. Got to learn to care. I don't know about you. How many of you had to learn to forgive? You weren't a forgiving person. Or you weren't a patient person. I don't know about you. How many people here were your whole life was about you? And this, this whole Christian thing is rattling your cage because it's about others now. But before it was about you. And so we, you know, like it says God works in us over and over again. Holiness. Can you say the word holy? <laughs> some of you can barely get it out of your lips. Because that wasn't some natural pursuit. This isn't what we naturally want to be and naturally want to do, you know, or, or be right. You know, some of us probably didn't give a, a darn about what we, you know, what, how we treated other people. It didn't make a difference as long as we got down first. So holiness and righteousness was not an appeal or commitment. God's trying to work commitment. You know what I like about our church? It is pretty barbaric. It's not as barbaric as it used to be. I liked it when it was really raw. Anyway, that's old stuff. But it's like, it's, it's us. This is it. You know? And, and it's just, we're just meat, potatoes, straight to the point. This is where we're at. You know what I mean? This, this, this is the way it is, and, 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 and this produces something in us. Why are you here? How about that? You ever ask yourself, what are you doing here? Why? What is the appeal? What is the draw? What is it that you want? What's going on here? And those are good questions for each and every, you know, like I said, and, and, and it will make us come to some conclusions about why. It'll make us, you know, hash some things out. You know, and I'm hoping out of that, as you come to a conclusion, you can also make a commitment. This is why I'm here. This is what's happening in my life here. This is what this is all about. And so it's worth it for me to be committed to this and to allow God to work this thing through in me as he's working it through the church. Are you with me? It's not natural being holy or loving or forgiving or patient. And it's going to take a while before we get it all down, you know, but God is going to need some help, you know, he, he, he needs some help from us, he says, I'm, it's like I said, okay, I'm going to do this beautiful work in your life, when I'm done with you, it's going to be magnificent, in fact, when I'm done working in your life, you're going to look just like my son, but I'm going to need you to participate, I'm going to need you to work with me on this. I'm, first of all, I'm going to need you not to quit. Ta-da! The Marine Corps, they do not accept applications, only commitment. I like that advertisement. We're not looking for, you don't apply. We just need your commitment. We'll take care of the rest. Sign here. <laughs> And believe me, you will go through the process. <laughs> they guarantee you they will get it, you know. Same thing. God says, I'll do it. But I do need you to participate. I need you to be committed. I need you to be committed to what, it's like, guys, I want you to be committed to what I'm doing. In the church, I need you to be committed to the people in the church. Even the ones that offend you, ooh, the ones that you may not like, 
the ones you may not see eye to eye. I need you to be committed in your love and your prayer. I need you to be, guys, guys, and we know he says, I want you to be committed to me. Not me, him. I need you to be committed. That's, that's your choice. It's, it's like you, you decide this thing. And God says, you know, commitment's such a powerful thing. It's like we talk commitment in marriage. You know what I mean? That, and if you make a commitment in marriage, this is why I've all, I'm always on this, about it. When you, make, when you sign that paper and put on that ring and you say those vows and you really mean it, you know, that till death do us part, that will take you a long way down the road. You know what I mean? It'll take you through problems and misunderstandings and failures and, and you know, like I said, times you want to, you know, you ever just want to, you know, you ever, <laughs> yeah, you got it, I'm talking, okay, but you don't because you're committed. You're faithful. You're going to stay faithful. You'll stay, like I said, and God will work because you're faithful and you didn't want, want wine, you didn't, you, you didn't fold, you didn't quit. God says, I'm going to help you through this. It's going to be painful, but I'm going to help you through this. And life, you make a decision to live for Jesus, and, and you're going through something that's very, very painful, very unpleasant. It's not a good time. And yet because you, it's like, God, I feel like I'm going to die, but I'm going to die in my faith with you, to you. God says, that's what I need because I can work with that. I'm going to bring you to that place, but instead of you just dying and not existing anymore, I'm going to raise you from the dead, and you're going to be a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Okay, commitment is so important. And relationships, your commitment to this church, your commitment to each other, makes all the difference in the world. He says, I need your participation. I need it. 1 Corinthians 8, excuse me, 9, 24 to 27. Do you not know? That in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body. I make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. He says, I'm in this fight. I'm in this race. I'm, I'm getting a grip on myself. I'm getting a grip. I got a grip. He says, Paul says, I beat my body, whatever that meant. You know what I mean? I make myself obey. In other words, and because we know there's times, you know, You've heard me say it before. Uh, man, can't use. But you, you know that you have to make yourself obey God sometimes. We have to be, oh man, you know good and don't. No, I don't want to do that. That is not the thing to do. It's not the thing to say. Everything in me is crying out to go this direction, but my spirit's saying, no, don't do that. And I'm going to yield and I'm going to obey the Spirit of God. That's participating, folks. That's discipleship. It's like when God speaks to you and he's challenging you to go a certain direction. And you, you like I said, you know, all your life in your mind, you, you wanted to go this direction. And God says, now that we're at this fork, now that we're here, 
Now that what you want to do is go that way, God says, I want you to go this way. I want you to do this. And it's at that point where we learn about dying to ourself. You know, you understand dying to yourself? The Bible says to, to deny ourselves or, you know, so we fall to the ground and die. And, and, and the, the whole thing of dying to self is when you want something, you want to do something, and it's contrary to what God wants. You know what I mean? Real simple. Like I said, Viola wants to watch a chick flick, and I want to see lasers and Martians and heads being chopped off. And yet, okay, I have to die to myself <laughs> to watch this with her. Even though everything in me is crying out, go to sleep, you know what I mean? <laughs> Dying to myself. Okay? And when it comes to living for God, there's a constant, continual death to self. God, it's always going to be God's will versus our will. That's discipleship. Real, disciple, real, real Christian living involves you saying, forget what I want. God, what do you want? What do you want? See, he needs our participation. So I'm going to finish with this here. Maybe I can, that's the first point. I'm going to try to condense these two. So roll with me. Just stick with me. Okay. And that is very simply, do you really want to be made well? Do you really want to be made whole? Do you want to have a good relationship with God? You want to be solid. You want to have clarity. You want your emotions, instead of, instead of them being out of whack, they're, they're, you got them into control, you know? You got them. Jesus asked a crippled man this. He says, do you want to be made healed? Do you want to be made well? Because a lot of times, you know, like this man, this man has been sick. You, if you know the story, he was sick for over 30 some odd years. He's lame. He can't get into the water to get a miracle at the temple. Jesus rolls up on him. He, he sees his struggle. He says, do you want to be made well? And he's asking a, a, a lame person, a person with disabilities. He's, he's do you want to be, what kind of question is that? When you ask a blind man, do you want to see? You know, what do you mean? That's, <laughs> yeah, I want to, you know. But you know, one of the things about sometimes with us, with people, is we can be, we can be in a certain situation so long that we get used to it. We adjust to it. We don't even, it doesn't even bother us no more. Our incapacity, you know, the areas where we're incapacitated or, you know, our lack, you know what I mean? Or we get in a rut and we get stuck, you know, we're there. This is the way life is, you know, and this is what's scary to me, man. I, I can't, you know, I didn't come this far in Jesus for nothing to be happening in my life. I can't do that. You know what I mean? I can't, you know, I'm not going to die on the couch watching TV. That ain't happening, Jack. I didn't believe all these years for me to go out that way. No, no, let's, let me go out in style. You know what I mean? Some, God, give me something. You know what I mean? 
Do you want to be made well? Because we can get stuck in a lifestyle. We can get stuck with an addiction. We can get stuck in the mundane, and, and, and our, we can get stuck in our failures. And so God has to come to us and say, do you want to be made well? To make us open up, to make us come to grips about that. Do you want, do you want revival in this church? Mm. Imagine God asking us, do you really want to? Because... You know, do you really want to be close to me, says God? Do you really want to? Because, you know, and so he, he asked us to remind us, you know, to the, the remind us of our pursuit, to remind us of the vision, the dream, remind us. It's almost like a question that exposes us. He's asking you this, asking us this, because we don't, he doesn't look like it. It's almost like a reminder. He says, I'm asking you because you seem to be a little off track here. So I'm asking you, do you really want to be old? Because you seem to be enjoying your bondage and you seem to be comfortable in your rut. And it looks like you don't want to move. And, and so I'm just checking before this work begins. I'm asking you now. Do you really want to enter into your destiny? Do you really want your purpose in life? Because, it, you know, I'm just checking. Because we have this tendency, we can get stuck. We're disappointed about how things turned out, or how, about how our life turned out, or decisions and failures. And the way, you know, life, man, life is strange. And the older you get, the more you realize it. And there's plenty of twists and turns. And a lot of times we have dreams and visions and goals and all that, man. There's all types of things to disrupt that, pull the carpet from under us, stab us in the back. I can go on and on and on and on. And we can actually lose our hope and our faith, and our confidence that things are going to be different. And so God asks us, do you, want to, do, you want to be, do you really want to change? Do you want things to happen? Sometimes things don't happen. We do. We want God to move. We want God. We were believing, but they're not moving fast enough. And so we kind of lose hope. We kind of lose. We're no longer fighting because we've just kind of got used to it. You know, oh, yeah, that's the way it is. And so we kind of lose the fight. We just cruise along. But we don't, we don't have that luxury. I just had, a, you know, me and my business revelation it's probably only been about five years ago, you know, but a little late in life to be the light to come on about money, about business, about certain things, you know. But do you know I don't get a pass because I am a certain age? I still got to do what I got to do. And so we have to do what we have to do. Do you want to be made well? Last thing is, do you, in order to get out of a rut, and to stay out and to move forward and to live again, you're going to have to have faith. Persistence, determination, all that is linked to faith. Resilience, resiliency, Reggie's talking about re resilience, being resilient, that's linked to faith. Jesus says, when I come, you know, when I come back, will I still find faith on the earth? And so we're going to really do have to believe. There's going to have to be, uh, like I said, something radical in us, a spirit, an attitude, a mindset concerning faith. Where we're going to believe. We're not going to fall into doubt. We're not going to fall into dread and unbelief, man. You know what I'm talking about by dread? You know, like I said, something in us. You know, I, had a, I got an email the other day, one little email, one email. 
sent me, almost sent me spinning because of the emails. About, it, was, it was just simply in a, one of accountability, you know, but in order to be accountable, I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to do what I needed to do. And, and it just sent me, you know what I mean? The dreads were so quick to, oh, it's not going to work. Oh, I'm not going to make it. Oh, it's not going to turn out like, oh, man. And, but knowing Reggie Green, I made him shut up. And I didn't talk to anybody because I know I've been through this before. And if I just take it easy and back off and in a couple days, it, things worked out, you know, and the exact opposite of what I thought. But dread, that's what I'm talking about. And so there's, a, there's such an importance that we keep our faith in God up. Our faith in life, our faith in each other, you know, our faith that, no, my life is not going to be stuck. I'm not going to be in this place. I'm going to get out. I'm going to rise up. God is going to help me. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. A lion and a bear came against me, and the Lord delivered them both into my hand. And Goliath, guess what? You are no different. There has to be that type of spirit and attitude and mindset, determination, man. Well, we're willing to keep moving forward until we see what we're after. And Matthew at 11, 12, it says, In the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And that faith is the violent thing. You know what I mean? That's what, it's That's what shakes heaven. This is what moves the hand of God, is our faith in him. This is what enables us to go back over and over again. You want your, your, your marriage to be revived? Have some faith. You want to see something different in your life? Believe in you. How about some faith in ourselves? That we can do it. Yes, I can live for God. Yes, I can be a good father. Yes, I can be a good husband. Yes, you can be a good mother. Yes, you can be a good wife. Yes, you can get promoted. Yes, you can get a house. Yes, you can get education. Yes, you can be fruitful and make impact in the lives of other people. Yes, God can use you. Yes. Faith is aggressive. It's pushy. And God loves pushy people. He really, really does. It is really pushy. And you and I need to push in, man, and live the life that we're called to live. Pushy people, the woman with the issue of, the, uh, issue of blood, you know the story. She was pushy. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up. You're embarrassing us. The more they said shut up, the louder he got that's pushy faith. You, the people, the Bible gives us a, a story about you know, there's somebody that wants, the, the church is crowded or the house where Jesus is. Their friend needs a miracle. They can't get in. They climb up on the roof, put a big hole in somebody's house, tears the roof off of somebody's house, lower their buddy down into the midst right in the front of Jesus, and they, their friend gets healed. You see, that's pushy. That's pushy. Uh, well, I guess I've been praying for two days now, and, and, and nothing's changed, so I, it must not be the Lord. <clears throat> Stop right there. Casual Christianity will never make the break, and you can't overcome your, your problems with an attitude like that. 
The only time I have a hard time praying for someone, I think I'm going to stop right there. The only time I have a hard time praying for someone, I swear, it's just Reggie Green. I got issues. You can forgive me after the service. I was a guy, he wanted to, he wanted, just a real, you wouldn't guess who it is anyway in a million years. He wanted me to pray for him. I wouldn't pray for him. Could you do something for me? No. Stick around. Hear the service. Go all way, stay all the way to the end. There was an altar call given. It was right down his line, right down the alley. God moved. But he left before the service was over. He wanted the pastor to do something, for, you know, and he said twice he did this. And, I'm, and what I'm saying is I'm more offended because I sense such a lack of faith. Forgive me. Everybody come out. You know, I'll pray for you. Hug you if you think it's you. Pastor, pray for, you know, how about just, a, you know, let's pray. You know, I'm believing God to help me. Would you pray with me? That's a big difference than someone, dude, I'm not even going to waste my time. Because I know God is bigger than what you're making him to be. And I know that you could be more of a man than you're being. And the violent take it by force, and the force that we use is faith. And without faith, you can't please God. And if you have faith, you get the ear of God. I mean, I can go on and on. Instead of this, excuse me, folks, if this is you, I want to help you. Whining and crying and sniveling and making excuses about our life and our situation instead of rising up being the men and women of God we're called to be. I already said it, the hardest thing that will ever happen in this life is you and I living for God as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. The second hardest thing will be us entering into our destiny. It is what it is. So we have to put, up our, put on the big boy pants. We have to. We have to get a grip on our life, raising our families. My mom raised two bad butt little boys, single mom. But she, I think she did okay. I'm here today. She did fine as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? And she, she worked out. She did that job of a dad and the job of a mom and took care of business. Okay, she did what she had to do. You know, uh, we weren't born rich. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and didn't have money, and like I said. And, and so, but I, like I still need to live. I got to prosper. Uh, you know what I mean? I still, so I can't let being broke hold me back. God, you got to help me. You follow me? Not, not, but not making excuses for life, man. We're going to push in. We're going to believe. And then our church. Everybody, they left. I can't say that. You know? Oh, keeping it real. It was born in my, my living. I can't even use that story anymore. I don't even tell the story. That's so long ago. In my living room, and a hundred hundred kids is out, man, and God is moving. Not an outreach, not a flyer, and ah, you know, we went from there to Sherman Way, and da 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 da, da you know, and it was good. And the jamming worship team, and ah, I was one of the all out of. When was that? See, that's what happened in the past. I need to see God move today. 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 
I need the Red Sea to split. That old Red Sea story, that's good back then. God, can you split it today? Can we get some manna from heaven today? Book of Acts, you know, yeah, it happened in Acts chapter 2, you know, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. God, can we get that today? Are you with me? Not living in yesterday, tomorrow, you know, and no, we got to push in. We don't get a pass. We have to fight. Let's do what we got to do. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I tried to preach short. Hallelujah. God's good to us, man. He's good, folks. We got to do what we have to do. Man. And we begin, we doing what we have to do, it begins with getting a hold of God. It, get, means, it means pressing, you know, it means making some decisions as far as commitment. You see, commitment is an absolute essential when it comes to being a disciple. You have to be committed because the work that God's going to do in your life, is, some of it's going to be really pleasant and sweet and wonderful and blow you away. Other things he's going to do in our life, it ain't going to be so sweet. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's going to cause us some pain. When he begins to pull the sheets back and expose some things in our hearts. We, we gotta be, and, and we're not going to be able to play religion. We're going to have to, oh God, I'm guilty. It's me. I'm wrong. We're gonna have to, there's going to have to be a spirit of repentance and, and uh, an attitude that will drive us to the altar to cry out to God and, and ask God to change us, man. And, and, and you know, there's going to be times like that. There's going to be times that we thought that life would be a certain way only to find out it's different. There's going to be times when we're going to expect people to treat us a certain way, to be a certain way, and only, you know, it's going to be different. And, and the only thing that's going to help us through this is commitment. In a marriage, don't even think for a second there's not going to be hard times in a marriage. <laughs> that's a fact. But the strength of any marriage is the commitment to each other. The commitment... The strength of any church, oh, come on now. The strength of a congregation is, is, is its commitment to one another. That's the strength of it. The love. Jesus says, you'll, you'll, you'll be known to, you'll be my disciples. People will know you to be my disciples by what? By your love for one another. That's how we're going to be known. Something powerful in that. Commitment, commitment to God, commitment to the work that God is doing in you, commitment to the work that God is doing through you, your ministry, this congregation, world evangelism, soul winning. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We thank you for your grace. This is why it's unpopular. It's not all that popular to really live for Christ in 2020. It's easy to claim the title of Christian. It's a whole other thing to live that life. The lifestyle that Jesus lived is not a really pleasant and appealing lifestyle to many. To me, it is. Uh, Jesus says, if you 
He that keeps his life shall lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Hallelujah. Eternity is a very real thing. Eternity. That means where we're going, you know, like we, we were created in the image of God. That means that we are eternal beings. You will never, ever cease to exist. There will never, ever be a time when you're just no longer in existence. Our bodies, when we die, our bodies die. But there's more to us than just our bodies. The real us is inside. This body is just a shell. But the real you and the real me, when we pass here on this planet, we are going to spend eternity somewhere. Somewhere we're going to spend eternity. Jesus says, in my, my father's house, there's many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. I want to be there with him. I don't know what heaven is like. Somebody says, nobody knows what eternity is like. No one knows what heaven, heaven is like. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. That's why I just want to be wherever Jesus is. The lover of my soul. The one who died for my sins. Wherever he is, that's where I want to be. So I'm making the choice, the decision now. I'll pay the price now. I'll make the sacrifice now. I'll make the commitment now. That way, when I leave this planet, I will be with him. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it, man. Hallelujah. Why every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you don't know Jesus in a personal way, if you, if you are here and you know you're not saved, you know, you're not you haven't accepted Christ in your life. You haven't been born again as a believer. You know, if I ask you right now, where would you go if you died? You don't know or you do know. Hmm. Maybe you need to give your life to Christ. How about a real commitment? I'm not just talking about mental assent. I'm talking about a heart decision. Yeah, I, I believe in Jesus. But do you believe in him enough to live for him? That's the question. Do you believe in Christ enough to live for him? Hallelujah. Let's make a choice. Make a decision right now. If you, want, if you say yes, you know, if you say I want Christ as my Savior, I want to live for God, pray with me this prayer, would you? You say, Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you to serve you and to do your will. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of all my sins. Help me to change. Help me to love you the way you should be loved. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let's take some time. Let's talk to God about fighting, about our commitment to church, committed to each other, committed in your marriage. Hallelujah. Some of you here, you say, you know what, God, I've been running from the work that you want to do in my life, Lord.
God, I give you an invitation. I will not run from you. I will not quit. I will not run from church, Lord, and the things of God because you're doing a work in me. God, I make a commitment right now in the name of Jesus. I've been wanting to quit. I've been wanting to throw in the towel. That's linked to a lack of backbone, Lord. That's linked to a, a, a lack of resiliency, God. I, I, I'm, I'm, here. I'm in for the long haul. I'm not going to quit. I want you to do what you have to do, Lord. Hallelujah. Strengthen me. Encourage me. Refresh me in the work that you're doing in my life. Refresh me in the work that you're doing in our church. Refresh me in the work that you're doing in our ministry. Father God, help me. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to Thank you for tuning into this week's message. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. For more information about our church, visit kirchurch.com or follow us on Instagram at kirchurch.com.